0: Welcome to Potential Unlocked, a stacked coaching podcast focusing on maximizing who you are in any way possible. In today's episode, we feature stacked coaching client, Army National Guard Sergeant Dylan McCaffrey. If you're interested in private nutrition coaching or personalized program, check out stackedcoaching.com. Also, check us out on Instagram at stackedcoaching and on Facebook at stackedcoaching. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. What's up? Welcome to another episode of the new podcast named Potential Unlocked. Um and I have the perfect person here for that. Uh Mr. Dylan McCaffrey or Sergeant, right? Yeah. Sergeant. Sergeant McCaffrey.
1: For those who know, just a regular old E five.
0: What does that mean? I don't even know what that means.
1: It's just a it's a pay grade. So uh, in the army E five is the first pay grade that's like NCO. Non commissioned officer.
0: You're well, a non commissioned officer. Yes.
1: Well, not the first one, but it's the first, uh, so there's corporal, which we got rid of for a long time, but, and that's E4, and that's that's like a lateral from a specialist. Specialist is not an NCO, corporal is an NCO, but it pays the same, so who wants to be a corporal?
0: A corporal is, you didn't go to college, right?
1: No, 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 no. Um, but
0: you have to go to college to be an officer, right? No. So,
1: an, a commissioned officer, yes. A non-commissioned officer is um, like a, uh, and enlisted basically you're basically like uh, in charge of troops, but Your authority comes from that commissioned officer. So like that platoon leader So like that lieutenant or that captain that's like at the company level or the battery level for an artillery battalion
0: mm-hmm. and
1: You your job is to carry out their intent you have a lot of levity as far as you know carrying it out how you see fit yeah but um at the end of the day the completion of whatever it is like this the end goal of that officer or like for the you know battalion commander so on and so forth is your job
0: are you also a gentleman
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i'm a non-commissioned officer so (laughs) apparently not (laughs) No, so NCOs are not. It's, they're still we're still enlisted. Mm-hmm. So, but we are uh, given a certain amount of authority that's sort of delegated from that officer. All right, all right. Technically speaking,
0: Dylan, can you tell everybody what exactly you do?
1: So um, I'm what's called uh, AGR, uh, Active Guard Reserve. Um, basically, what that means is I'm in the National Guard. I did my, I did. I think seven years, yeah, seven years of like, you know, doing your one week in a month, two weeks in the summer. And basically active guard reserve is like, um, your job is to manage whatever sort of administrative role. So like my, I'm a medical readiness NCO, so, you know, I'm, I'd set up like your annual, like health assessments and your, um, you know, when we did, we actually, our unit just got back from overseas. Not, about you didn't go real, right? now No. Uh, Have
0: you a, ever been? No. Yeah.
1: So we haven't, we haven't done much in like the last 10 years. Kind of, everything's been kind of slow. So um, about a third of the unit went overseas. So like all of the, the, you know, health and readiness stuff that they had to go through for the year uh, leading up to that, like all of that paperwork was funneled through me uh, up to like the state and, you know, they went to Fort Bliss and then through NGB, National Guard Bureau and stuff. So, um, the active guard reserve component is like, uh, somebody needs to be there to make sure that paperwork gets handled, that, you know, basically the ship stays floating while everybody's gone. So for every, I think 50 National Guard soldiers, there's one active guard reserve position. So that is
0: that's you that's me yeah so you were quite busy during COVID. yes
1: so uh medical rene desencio is also a medic so when we first started opening up those test sites um guess guess who got thrown into that mix you brother yeah so uh i was living at the convention center for a couple of weeks uh probably getting like three hours of sleep a night and you know, also having to do my regular job because that doesn't stop. Um, while well also, you know, working that test site. I think we were at um, we were at Armstrong Park for a little while. Yeah. So, uh, and that was just during the beginning. And it, now it's like the COVID stuff is like it's a its own entity. So we're not like, you know, at the unit levels, we're not like in charge of like the COVID stuff. Yeah, generally we're back to handling like our own business.
0: What is all right? So I've I've always been super curious. Like, what do you what do you do in terms of day to day business so, for the National Guard? So
1: I'll give you an example. Um, I went in. I went into work on Tuesday morning, and uh, we had a couple of you know a line of duty incidents. Is like if, if somebody gets hurt while they're at drill, you know, and they're 2 weeks or right. whatever, or like, uh, um, you know, we also have our, our, substance abuse program. So like, I, I got, i manage our substance abuse program. Um, we do packets. So like, you know, there's checklists and like, and we upload those things into, you know, whatever system it needs to go into. And for like the LODs, those guys, they, if we send them to a civilian hospital, they need to get their bills paid for. Mm-hmm. So like, that's what I worked on all last week and this week. Substance abuse LEDs.
0: Um, is substance abuse a big much... problem in the National Guard?
1: Um depends on where you are.
0: Here? We're in New Orleans. So yeah.
1: So I'll just leave it there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what is the protocol to get to, to help someone with substance abuse issues in the National Guard? I mean So Yeah, I'm curious. Interesting
1: you say you asked that. Um so we actually have substance abuse counselors um and you know we we typically don't really kick somebody out on the first time typically um unless there's like other things that go along with it Mm -hmm. but we try and get them help and we try and like send them to counseling and it's it used to not be free and now it is so like there's a they have like a a social worker or like a like a a, basically a social like case manager caseworker whatever um that works over there there's a lot of like and they're they're civilians mm-hmm. they're not and they're they're employed by the Louisiana National Guard and that's like there's like a lot of different resources that people can use um, or we'll re- we can you know refer people out if it's if it's bad enough yeah so you know especially if if they come in and say they have a problem that's that's the best uh, that is the best route. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and in that case, you know, that's, that's when we really try and get somebody help. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you try to anyway with the other stuff, but it's like, if somebody comes in with a problem, um, we really do like try and work with them.
0: Nice. Um, well let's get to it because I, I'm really, I'm really proud of this guy here sitting next to me. Um, he has come. How long have you been with me?
1: Oh God, uh, nine
0: months,
1: something like since May of last year.
0: Yeah, so uh, almost May. a year. Um, and you're like a completely different person since when we started. Yeah. Um, and and what I mean that is. When Dylan first started with me, first of all, he does nutrition coaching with us, and he does uh, personalized programming as well. Um, He does the full deal. Um, He pays my mortgage every month. (laughs) 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 Uh, But uh, but anyway, um, when he first started, uh, you had like a frantic energy about you, yeah. Like, and now there's a lot more level of chill
1: yes yeah so that that is like one of the biggest um it was sort of like you you know i just to kind of give you a little backstory um before i became active guard and moved back to new orleans for this this job Mm -hmm. um i had i had actually gotten in in pretty good shape but it would i would say like it was the best it was I had dropped a bunch of weight by eating like, you know, 15-1800 calories a day. Yeah. So <laughs>
0: it was it was kind Which of Which is miserable. fine. Like you can right. do that. You just can't sustain that.
1: No. So and I, I went back and and there's some things like that I I did right and there's some things that I did wrong for I mean like the extreme caloric deficit for one thing. I had a big uh, rebound after I moved back to New Orleans and I stopped eating like I started eating like a normal person again And I I went from let's see I lost i I started at like 240 And thank God I never got back up there, but I went back I went down to like 173 172 and then went all the way back up after I moved back to New Orleans to like
0: 205.
1: Wow. Um, so there's some things I did right, which I eat a lot. And
0: now you're hovering right around 176.
1: What, yeah, mid 170s, something yeah. like that. But like a lot stronger than I was. Yeah. Like a lot stronger. So um, it, I was, uh, I did eat a lot of protein. So mm-hmm. that's one thing I was eating about 190 200 grams of protein a day. Um, I wasn't eating as much as many vegetables. I was eating like 10 grams of fat a day. Which is just not not enough, not enough, not enough. My hormones are all out of
0: whack. Yeah, there's there is a uh, a minimum amount of fat you should eat per day. Now, yeah. the majority of people that we see on a on a daily basis that struggle with their weight tend to eat what I call a high carb. I mean, a high fat, moderate carb diet. Yeah, <laughs> where most people should, if they're eating high fat, it should be low carb, high fat, but most people think they're eating low carb. They're not. It's yeah. a mo- it's it's a moderate carb which is still really high.
1: I got a friend of mine who kinda wants to do something like this with like he wants to open a gym. He's kinda postponed it a little bit, but it's like it's very much uh in the cards right now. They're actually the one that makes these.
0: Does he live here? Clothes.
1: He lives in Baton Rouge.
0: Okay. Yeah time to talk to me. We'll get um, him hooked up. So yeah, absolutely. So energy has to go somewhere. Um You were eating a big caloric deficit. Yeah. What happened from there?
1: So I went from eating a big caloric deficit to eating, let's see, when I moved back here. Now, all right, let me rephrase. I did okay at first. I did have um, a friend of mine in my unit that is, he's a a bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. Um, he writes diets for people, uh, he's, he has a pretty decent understanding, uh, intuitively and like he has a really good coach as well. Um, he wrote me a couple of diets and then he wrote me before I left for my, my combat medic school, which I think like my weight game really started to kick off, uh, during that school because really it was like, you know, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m barely any time to work out and we were all stressed out because it was like you did the whole national EM- EMT registry and it's like a
0: does, 3 months does the military educate you on nutrition at all
1: they have nutritionists and dietitians oh. but it's like like they don't have them as readily available as i i want i wish they did now in some places like if you're on like a big active duty post or something like that um they do have them work in there. A lot of times they work in the hospital or something like that. But, uh, when, uh, with, uh, with us, yeah. with the national guard, not really.
0: A few years ago, there was a big buzz about, um, the levels of fitness going down with the military because they couldn't find enough fit people due to America, uh, being as out of shape and obese as we are. Um, how do you? How does that look in the National Guard? So, I mean, if you looked at the demographics, you say, okay, we're pretty fit. We're, you know, we got a good handle. We're not overweight.
1: You know, I. <laughs> so, okay, think. about Yeah, this. choose
0: your words carefully. I don't want you to get kicked out of the National Guard. I'm not
1: going to get kicked out of the National Guard. Um, so, think about this. We have, uh, we, we're like I'm full time,
0: mm-hmm. but most most are part-time hard yes
1: two weeks out of the in in the summer and two in a weekend a month so like is is forcing them to do you know physical training for those two days out of the month is that gonna really do anything no That's zero so these these guys are they're given a the standard they take a physical fitness test once a year which by the way is changing i'll get to that in a minute um but you're relying on them taking the initiative to take care of their own health and fitness. Now there are certain things that you can do. I mean, like you can, you can stay on, on top of it, especially if you're like in a leadership position, you know, the texture guys, uh, you can use certain like incentives, you know, mm-hmm. there's incentives, punishments, all the things that the, the military gives you as far as your tools to, you know, instill discipline in soldiers but at the end of the day when they're on their time right they can still choose to do it or to not do it Mm -hmm. so uh we changed our physical fitness test and it's more strength based it's uh it looks like it was made by a Crossfitter, mm-hmm. which it was, by the way. Um, now I don't know who exactly did it, but I've seen the the group of testers that they've been using, and they all the gym that they had it, it's
0: a Crossfit gym. Yeah.
1: Um. So it's max deadlifts, which three forty is the max, one eighty is a minimum. It's easy to pass.
0: Yeah, it sounds super easy to pass.
1: Hard to fail. I mean, hard. It's hard to max. Um, and then there's like a like a ten pound medicine ball. And you'd like basically throw it behind you over your head uh, for distance for distance. And I, think, I forget what the max is. I like is. that. It's good. I like, that, I like good. that for like yeah. explosive, um, like it's more athletic. Yeah. And then you've got a, a sprint drag carry, which the name is not, it doesn't really describe the whole thing. So you start from like a push up position, but like on the ground, sprint 25 meters and back, you drag a 90 pound sled 25 meters and back carry two 45 pound kettlebells or ammo cans yeah we talked about this yeah and then you uh do like a side shuffle 25 meters and back and then again sprint there and back i think maxing is like a minute 37 which is pretty it's pretty tough to get there but you only need like three minutes to pass
0: oh yeah yeah so it's easy
1: and then the two mo- well and then there's uh the leg tucks, which is from a like a, a pull-up position well from like a, a dead hang dead hang you base. it's like a slight bend in the arms and then you bring your knees up to your elbows one to pass 20 to max <laughs> <laughs> one, to, one to pass one to pass now all right a lot of there are a lot of women a lot of females who have had trouble with this because their core strength and their upper body strength. Um, it's like this, this is what's been killing. What's been probably what's probably had like the biggest, uh, impact on like the, the rollout of this physical fitness test is that there's a lot of females who have trouble with this. Yeah. With the leg tuck.
0: Do you think it's biased?
1: Um, it was supposed to be non-biased. So it was actually supposed to be, um, the initial rollout, like last year, two years ago, it's been in the works for a while now, has was like um, there are no standards that are based on gender or age, which the last PT test was, uh, both gender and age, and then there's like there were there were they had you know issues where, of course, the males are going to outscore females on a lot of the events because yeah. they're strength based, yeah, duh, so they uh they changed that now i don't know i couldn't tell you what the what the standards were right now for male and female but they i think they were talking about rolling out two separate standards now those aren't gonna those are not age-based now i don't think yeah um because for a while i think i think we were trying to keep people out it was a be deployable which you know means just be healthy or get out and the army was kind of coming out with all kinds of different ways, new and creative ways to you know.
0: They uh, had too many people.
1: Kind of, yeah, I mean. Really? Now, we, now especially I guess
0: times of peace. Well. Too many people on the payroll.
1: If if you think about it, I mean, well, I could tell you like there there's a few units in Louisiana National Guard that are that are overstrength, but there's a few that are understrength. So it kind of doesn't it doesn't. It, I don't think we're like necessarily overstrength. Mm -hmm. but there have been like some budget cuts and stuff like that at the national level that are rolling out here. I'm sure there's going to be more Now they want to pay us more. And we do, we generally get a pay raise every year. Like um, there's, you know, I forget what the name of the bill is, but the DOD generally gets like a a one to 3% pay raise every January.
0: Yeah. All right. I'm curious because, You've done so well in both the personalized programming and the nutrition. Which one do you think has had a greater impact on you?
1: Nutrition. Yeah. Absolutely. Why? Um, It's it's more of a mindset thing. So, before I had, I did all the you know the personalized programming stuff. I think that there are a lot of good coaches that you can go to. I mean, obviously you're a really good coach, but like, there's a lot of good coaches. There's a lot of good coaches out there. Yeah. Program you. Um, oh fitness
0: wise fitness yeah. wise yes
1: yeah. um, nutrition wise there was there's more to it than just here are your macros for the week yeah so like um, having a coach that kind of helps you change your mindset how you use food your mindset towards it um, your mind how you view yourself um, because I did I had I had like some 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 image issues and some self-confidence issues before and and those were like lifelong things that maybe i like when do you think that started when that when body image issues body image oh god i've been i've been a fat kid my whole life yeah so and i remember you talking about that so when I, i oh god what was her name um who did i do the initial stephanie stephanie yeah yeah uh she was like do you want to you want coach bradley and i was like i remembered you saying that and i was like yes yeah. Like, I don't want somebody who's just been fit their whole life. I want somebody who knows. Yeah. So, and and that's a thing is like somebody who's kind of been there and done that. You don't you don't want the guy who's been fit their whole life as your coach.
0: Yeah, I see like multiple things where someone who's been fit their whole life doesn't understand or we'll say um we'll just say doesn't suffer from maybe body dysmorphia or body image issues like we did, like they just looked good their entire life and it was easy for them. Um, they don't understand what it like goes through our heads.
1: No, 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 not at all. And uh, you know, I have, I have friends who, who have been, who are like kind of the the guy who can eat a whole pizza and not gain a pound.
0: Good for that guy. (laughs) Yeah. Good,
1: good for you, you know, but they complain about not being able to put on muscle, which I have no problem with. Right.
0: Um, you know, they they kind of they look. I've seen it. the other side of people that, um, and this is all right. So I've seen the opposite side of the coin as well, and I actually think the opposite side is harder. Um, where someone who's like been skinny their whole life and they want to gain muscle, like that is freaking hard. You yeah. know, like and I've I've had multiple clients that are you know I'm talking like wait one thirty five. 140 and want to get bigger the amount of work that it takes to do that is colossal and i don't think people understand that like i know there's a lot of people like you and i not you and i because you and i have I, i i believe we have been through so many different things in terms of our weight our body image that we don't um we're not jealous of someone else but also like don't uh what is the what is the word I want to use? like we don't project onto someone else our difficulties onto someone else as right. well. So when we see someone struggling, like they are like, okay, I get it, you know? Um, but for someone that is like, and I'm talking about a man that weighs like 145, okay? Right. And wants to wants to become 155, 160, they have to eat. Like, it's their job. And it is incredibly hard. Yeah. Like, incredibly, incredibly, incredibly difficult. Um, And and I don't think people realize that. Like it's- no.
1: I and, and the thing is, like, I don't... If I eat... Let's see. Where, where are we at? I'm at 260 grams of carbs a day right now. I'm eating...
0: Yeah, we're still going up. Yeah.
1: So, I'm eating, like, 23, 2400 calories a day. It's not that much. It's not that much. If you consider, like... Um, you know lately i haven't been as active as the in the gym um like during the open stuff like that I, it's it is what it is but before that if you consider how much i was working out and eating twenty three, twenty four hundred 2400 calories a day it's not that much
0: it's not that much it's not that much you know
1: i was probably if you if now fitness trackers can be a little bit off but i use i use garmin typically mm-hmm. and you know if i do morning cardio and then come in and do like a, a hardcore like strength and then metabolic conditioning workout. I'm, I could burn anywhere from like 2,500 to 3,400 calories a day.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you say that. So like, I am not a big um, believer in the caloric burn that the Garmin shows or any of those devices, Whoop, um, the MyZone, any of those, the heart straps. uh, The accuracy of that is just – it's not there. But what it does do is if you use it every day – it it gives you an indicator of your relative burn, yes. and what I mean by that is like this day compared to the day before, or this day compared to last week. It may not be accurate, but it's telling you if you expended more energy or not compared to another day.
1: So I I like it for that for the for the consistency, and I also like it for things like sleep tracking. Yeah, um, I agree. For like steps mm-hmm. uh, and just like your general activity tracking, you can kind of see like your daily habits and, and right. You know, because I work four days a week and a desk, you mm-hmm. know, Tuesday to Friday, uh, sometimes more than that, because, you know, we I still have to go to drill and then annual training and stuff like that. But those, like you could tell like those four days, you could tell when I'm busy because I'm not moving.
0: Yeah. You know? So about two minutes ago. You kind of like uh you didn't roll your eyes, but you kind of glanced up when we were talking about like you not being as active in the yeah. gym lately. Um, but I want people to understand this. Like, I-, I like to always say that we're on a dial, whether it's nutrition or fitness, we're on a dial, right? And if life's a radio um and our habits or I'll rather say adherence is the dial we dial up or dial down depending on what is going on in our life okay. you know um and to be at at max or like a volume you know nine or ten <laughs> let's just say it's on a scale of ten and I know I think they go up to like 40 right but nonetheless let's say it's nine or ten okay and we keep the volume there All right. If you keep your radio at max all the time, what happens to the speakers? Uh, You can blow your speakers. You blow your speakers out. Okay. (laughs) And and the same will happen to us, right? Yeah. Whether it's mentally, physically, or emotionally, you'll blow your speakers out because you cannot, you know, we've talked about in previous podcasts about capacity and load versus capacity. Um, And a lot of the load that leads up to our capacity line. Has nothing to do with the gym. Has a lot to do with our life stressors in life. What's going on? Right. Things like that. Um, and so, if you were trying to go full out all the time, it's it's really hard to manage. You know,
1: I, I would love to. You know, I would love to not have a job and like just to work out for a living.
0: You also you recently amazing. got in a relationship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I recently started dating somebody. And, you know, guess guess what happens when you start dating somebody? You start going out. Yeah. Morning, which start, is fine. Yeah. It's it's an adjustment. And we've kind of, we've pulled it back a little bit because we're both, we both track macros mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. we're kind of like, we're looking at our habits and we're like, hey, you know, we need to get more sleep. It's a honeymoon phase. It, it is. It is. You know? I think post Mardi Gras. Uh, we kind of agreed like right before like that endemic that, um, and, and Bacchus weekend that we were going to take Mardi Gras and enjoy it. And then after Mardi Gras, we're going to tighten back up.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, if I live my life at an eight, I spent <laughs> – if I spent like uh, – in terms of my nutrition, okay, uh, I spent the two weeks leading up to Mardi Gras at like a three, <laughs> which was okay because for two straight years, I lived at an eight. You know what I mean? Like right. it's perfectly fine as long as you have the ability or the accountability from someone, a coach or friends or a group of people or a community to where they'll help you get back on track. Yeah. Right.
1: And I'm not as lean as I was say like, you know, October, November timeframe, but I'm, I'm also like, I can feel like I'm physically stronger
0: you are, Just, and we and we had goals in mind that had nothing to do with body composition no. during these last two months, no, right? I,
1: my goals at the moment are like a lot more performance oriented than they are body composition wise. I do, I believe form follows function, mm-hmm. um, and like if you can, it's it's so hard to get like, can you be lean and have in extreme like you know some kind of cardiovascular endurance and then also be able to squat in the high four hundred? Nah. At the same time, absolutely not.
0: Uh, no, you can't do yeah. all those things at once.
1: Yeah so well th- think about that statement when you, when you look at your uh, when you watch your next CrossFit games by the way.
0: Um, yeah well I mean <laughs> if you look at like bodybuilders, um, what they're doing 10, 12 weeks out from a show and how they look is vastly different than what they're okay. doing three to four weeks out from a show and how they look, right? Yes. They're doing a lot less, okay? And they look a lot better as opposed to 12 weeks out. They're doing a lot more and like jacked and, and working out heavy weights, but they don't look as lean.
1: those, those three to four weeks leading up. So I'm um, I actually, I know a, a few bodybuilders when I lived in Baton Rouge. Um, I kind of mixed in with, with some of them. Like I, um, I became friends with the former owner of planet nutrition mm-hmm. in Baton Rouge and he knew a bunch of bodybuilders up there. So. I kind of got to see like as that that time frame to their uh to their show got smaller they started like not coming in as much they were maybe a little bit cranky um if they weren't working out like their their workout was like basically maintenance and if they weren't working out they were doing nothing they were not expending any extra calories granted they were burning fat but that's because – Well, they're in a huge caloric deficit. Exactly. So – but they don't want to be – they're in a, a certain like – they're staying within like 50 calories. Yeah.
0: They're miserable two weeks yeah. out, right? Like because you cannot – you don't have the calories to have energy. Right. They don't want
1: to burn any more or less. So like their entire life for those four, four weeks is tailored like specifically for that, especially like uh like some of the pros that I've met. Yeah. Uh, but they can do that.
0: Yeah. We can't do that. No, we can't do that. But it's also like how you can't, you know, let's say you're going through a tough time at work or at home. You cannot give that the energy it needs and also give your nutrition and fitness the energy it needs. Like you only have so much. Like I always like to say you have a pie chart of energy Um, and the where you know, the bigger slice of that pie varies with where you are in your life. Um, and to understand that goes back to what you were talking about before. It's a mindset shift. If you know where you are um, in time and where you are in your nutrition journey, okay, um, in comparison to what's going on in your life, you can handle it better. You can also make progress without making scale progress Um like under nutrition coaching. So for example, like we have people, I, I like to tell people, to, we, we only require six months to start. Okay. I like to tell people to wrap your, your brain around a year yeah, plus. Okay. Like I just had a client. She's been with me for ever. She, I, we were just like, let's try it on your own now. Cause <laughs> she's been with me for almost two full years. Um, and I'm excited for her to try this one. And I was like, look, if you get, you know, something happens, you can always come back. Um, but over that course of time, things happen that don't normally happen in six months, and you need to know how to operate your nutrition or your fitness under that level of stress. And sometimes, a lot of times, progress under stress is maintenance. Yeah. And it's understanding that.
1: It's, it's more mental progress than anything else. So here's a good example Uh, who remembers Hurricane Ida yeah yeah that was huge Uh, so when you're in the National Guard and there's a hurricane you don't get to evacuate or go home you get called up and you go all right so yeah if you're in the National Guard you don't get to evacuate you go you you get called up and you go wherever the hell they tell you to go so um, and since I'm active guard we go in first Mm -hmm. So when Ida was coming, uh, I was packing my bags and I was at, I work at Jackson Barracks, which is in, uh, in Araby. And I was sleeping in my office for like two days. And right before it hit, like the day before it hit, like everybody's going to the convention center. So we rode out the storm, the convention center, had no power for a few days. What was your food
0: situation like?
1: It was, uh, I was at the Mercy of whatever they were feeding us right we had catered we had catered meals the food was don't get me wrong like the food was delicious like it was quality food but it wasn't healthy but you, and
0: food. You, oh well, you didn't have control of it right you know you you all you could do is work with what you had
1: exactly and and what what is going to happen most times is that your your fat consumption is going to through the roof yeah it, it more than doubled so uh, i mean we had i love eggs but they're they're full of fat and they had eggs every mo- – eggs and bacon and toast every morning and I had
0: – Just for those of you keeping track at home, Dylan's fat uh, target is 55- – fifty 50? Yeah. Okay. 50. Um, Used to be 55. Well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: at the time, it was 55.
0: Right. All right so it's 55 at the time. Okay. Um, if you have two eggs, that's 12, 12 grams of yeah. fat. If you have two pieces ba- of bacon, that's another 12 grams of fat. Ish. That's 24 grams of fat-ish, right? Maybe more than that. Okay, so like we're at 24 grams of okay? fat. If you have normally toast or like a piece of bread has at least one gram of fat in yeah. it, okay?
1: And that toast was pre-buttered. So.
0: so pre-buttered. So we're looking at probably four or five more grams of fat. Okay. So Dylan's up to 30 grams of fat, more than half his target for breakfast.
1: And mind you, I'm going crazy because I'm like – I still this is when we were all getting ready for uh, the beach brawl right and I'm like I've still got it in my mind that I'm going to the beach brawl
0: we all did yeah <laughs> Uh
1: some, some of us some of us uh, pulled out earlier than others um, I was still down um, but you know at I also had a job to do so like I was you know working 12 16 hour days Basically, um, helping to manage like medical support at like our food distribution sites, and we're not talking medical support for like you know the regular civilians. We're talking medical support for like the soldiers. You know, it's hot, and they're going to be working their butts off and throwing cases of food and water uh, in people's cars. So you know, guess what happens when you're not able to maybe drink as much water as you want? You're gonna, you might go down. (laughs) Yeah. So you know, we have. I was in charge of making sure they were like medics at every pod site and um
0: so how did you, you know, how did you handle your nutrition during that
1: Basically just kind of took pictures of, like I went so when we started we started with the 8 app
0: Yep we and, took pictures and then we then we moved yep. to the macros and so you went back to pictures for Ida Went back Ida. to pictures And it was Did you have a plan though? Like what was your plan? Do you remember?
1: Plan was to basically do like um like reasonable portions um try and stay away from like the fattier, if I could, it was, it was, which is hard. It's hard to do, especially when there's only one, you know, one, uh, protein source available. Yeah. So what I ended up doing, uh, I had a, like a little reset day where I got to go and, and, uh, I got to smell my fridge. That was great. Um, but I had, if I have a mini fridge and, and that was totally fine. So that went with me to the convention center for a little bit. And, um, I stopped at one of the stores that was still open. And like, when you get that first opportunity like I got, you know, low fat carb and protein sources, uh, protein bars, just all kinds of stuff to, to basically help me along. And I was able to not like stay totally in line, but I was able to keep my calories. Under, I think we were trying to stay under like 2,300 calories or yeah. something like that. Uh, but I was also able to keep my protein consumption up. And I was able to keep my fitness up somewhat. I have a jump rope and a kettlebell. I brought that out there. Hey, look.
0: When you got back, within a week, our weight was yeah. back to normal. Yeah. Right? And it was fine. And it's like one of those things where like when we're in those types of situations, you can control what you can control. Right. Which sometimes is not a lot. But the things you can control, control it. And then live to the fight another day yeah you know because you know do. it's temporary your life will come back and um as long as you know that i think we'll be okay yeah
1: and i think i was there for almost a month yeah you know? I, was, I was there until like september yeah until end of september mm-hmm. you know last week and when i came back i hadn't i think i gained like a pound yeah the whole time it wasn't i much, was there right like I'm, i probably did gain more than that but like once i started to get yeah your
0: relationship control, has caused you to gain more weight than any of that other stuff
1: oh yeah absolutely <laughs> oh my god you, okay so i didn't really drink before i mean i do i do have out al- right. i do partake in alcohol but it's like no, it's like I think, once a week if that if that if, if that, that yeah every if that. two weeks and i i really do i really did pick my spots um now don't get me wrong i do like to become frank the tank but
0: when dealing drinks he goes hard
1: yeah but i again i pick my spots um what i really we've really been doing since I, i've gotten into this relationship is she's been kind of i haven't really like been around new orleans that much i've lived in lafayette and baton rouge so of course as soon as i move back COVID hits well the last two months have been kind of exploring all the new restaurants that's good opened up. that's good so, and I've had a great time doing it. I don't regret yeah, it. Yeah, good. One no. Bit.
0: That's what we that's what we talk about with Stack all the time is living life with no regrets. Right. You know. Um and then just moving on and making the next day better than you could. So, yeah. um in terms of the programming for you, like what has been the biggest difference with personalized program versus group fitness? Like how has that changed for you?
1: Um it's changed uh, okay, so <laughs> a lot of my with like the Olympic lifting yeah. So we did Olympic lifting for like two months, two and a half months. Yeah. Like, um, October, yeah. October to like mid December. So I taught myself how to snatch and clean and jerk. Right. I mean like,
0: you do a good job too.
1: I there's, I'm a YouTube junkie. So and all the little, there's you, a lot of good stuff out on YouTube. Yeah, there absolutely is. But, uh, my consistency has gotten a lot better now. Like I did, I lost strength when, when I dropped weight, and through that, like I probably lost like thirty pounds off of my snatch. I was snatching like two hundred uh when I was what two hundred pounds.
0: Which we knew that was gonna happen. And like I tell everybody, like, hey, when you when you're cutting and losing weight, you're gonna lose strength. Yes. We'll gain it back, which we're doing right now.
1: And I and I did. Like uh I think at some point like early December, late, late November, um I snatched two hundred again and it looked even better than the first time I snatched yeah. two hundred at like 30 pounds lower than I was. Yeah. So the strength has returned. Uh, my squats coming back, like all of my big li- major lifts are coming back up, but my endurance is better um, and and like my metabolic conditioning is better. So like all of those things that we were working on, I was working on before when I was 200 pounds and squat, I was squatting for in the 400s and stuff. Yeah. So that all went down and now that's coming back up. Without my weight coming back up. Yeah. Or at least not coming back up significantly. Right.
0: We're maintaining it. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. That's pretty good. So, um, I kind of want to know in, in terms of like your childhood to now, um, like if you could go back and give yourself advice when you were a kid in terms of what you know now, in terms of nutrition, what would you tell yourself?
1: Um, Let's see. Don't use as much butter. (laughs) So, uh, just to give you some background, my grandmother was known as the butter queen.
0: The butter queen. Butter
1: queen. Um, and I loved like pasta and broccoli and stuff like that. I ate probably four or five hundred grams of carbs a day when I was like in my early teens. We all did. Oh yeah, but uh, that was also like hundred grams, two hundred grams of fat. Who knows? Yeah. But, um. I think I would rather give myself the nutrition advice when I was in high school. So, uh, when I was, I think I, when I was 16, 17, I had a late start. I started wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. I went to high school a Jesuit and I started wrestling my junior year of high school. I know it's kind of late, but I just wanted to do it. Um, I didn't know anything about nutrition. And so weigh-ins were tough. Like mm-hmm. I was cutting water weight and stuff. Yeah. Like, my first year I went spitting in a cup. Oh my God. So if if I could have gone back in time to give myself, like, to teach myself about nutrition and what to eat, when what you know, not that food is bad, any food is bad, but what to eat, what not to eat, as far as like, um, you know, carbs, fat, and protein. I didn't even know what a macro was back then. I would have had a much easier time. I wouldn't have had to dehydrate myself, and probably would have been a lot stronger. So, yeah for sure yeah Some the movement
0: yeah so the the biggest thing like i i find it weird because i i see a lot of overweight high school kids these days mm-hmm. even athletes you know yeah. like i was just at my son's nine and ten year old soccer or eight and nine year olds soccer game competitive league and they have this awesome kid and the kid's very overweight, and I'm like, man, his life would be much easier, and he will be a much better athlete yeah. if he was like 20 pounds less, right? The problem for that kid is it's he can't do anything about it. His parents feed him, right? Right, and um, the best I can do with my kids is I teach them like the science behind nutrition, like what does protein do, what does carbohydrates do, mm-hmm. what does fat do. I never talk to them about being fat or being overweight you know i'm like oh the fat fuels this this is how much you should have of it in a day um, relatively speaking right carbohydrates do this this is why you need carbohydrates and then when we sit down and we eat i'm like you know tell me what the protein is on your plate tell me what the carbohydrates on a plate what does that do for you and that's how we talk about right. food right um
1: wish i had that when i was a kid right
0: yeah. well yeah it gives you an idea and and there's you know not every kid can do something about it but at least it's on their mind from a scientific aspect and and what their plate should look like you know um i think you have to be very careful with a high school kid teaching them macronutrients cuz um it could create some disordered eating uh that or some issues that we really don't want to broach. Okay. Uh, but if we talk about adequate portions and how it should look, that's a lot better approach. Um, but most high school kids, uh, they are become sedentary, okay, a lot more. Um they're less playing, less going outdoors. Uh a lot of video games and on top of that it's high carbohydrate high fat diet high carbohydrate high fat uh if you're looking at your kid and one thing you want to make sure uh them or make sure how to help them without you know criticizing them or whatever is just make sure their protein intake is up most kids drastically undereat their protein um, and that's one of the biggest things i say You did too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm eating frozen pizzas and donuts all the time. (laughs) I mean, seriously, that's. I mean, it was, it was, it was nuts. So,
1: Italian family, you know, my, it's like pasta. Yeah, all the time.
0: So, in terms of right now, Dylan, where you are today, um, how do you feel about your fitness level, your nutrition overall as a person?
1: So, I feel like my fitness level is not where I want it to be, but I'm it doesn't really matter because I know how to get it to where I want it to be. I like that. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Like it used to bother me. It doesn't bother me anymore because I'm just like, Oh, I'll have to do is change these things. Um,
0: you're also, I feel more secure as a person though.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the thing is, is like, um, when I was like eating 1500 calories a day and I was 173 pounds miserable, I was like so afraid of gaining weight. I mean, I did afterward. Right. I feel like that's because of that. Yeah. I did gain weight. Um, Whereas like, I'm like, I'm up a few pounds. And I'm just like, uh, oh, okay, well, I'll just tighten it up a little bit over the next couple of days days. I'll go back down. It's fine. That
0: is the, that's the, if, if I could have taught you one thing, like that is the thing, right? Yeah. Is that it's okay. And you, you have the tools to go in and out, up and down, however you want to. I want to ask this question um on a scale of one to ten what is your happiness level right now
1: a scale of one to ten i would say in general it's like right now around a nine
0: yeah versus a year ago
1: versus a year ago it was like a three wow you know um yeah i'm just a lot more secure in myself my knowledge like i could probably if i if i didn't do any more nutrition coaching and i adjusted my macronutrients like based off of like what I thought um, I would probably keep most of my stuff the same and just kind of adjust carbohydrates. Yeah. Which is exactly what we've been doing.
0: I want, I want you to hit 300. We're going to do a cut for the summertime and then you're gonna be off on your own.
1: Yeah. So, and that that's the thing is like, so if I, if I could recommend the stack program for any reason, it's, it's not because it's like uh, you give you a coach. I mean, it is, it's very successful, but the biggest reason is, it's a program that's made to to for you to not be on it forever yeah it's gonna give you the tool it's give you it's it gives you tools to manage your your own nutrition and your own fitness for the rest of your life rather than you know having you be with a coach for the rest of your life and having to pay even you could pay 50 bucks a month for every for like you know for the rest of your life or you could pay you know.
0: Five hundred for a year.
1: Five hundred for a year, and that's per month. Have (laughs) (laughs) and have um
0: and never need it again. Yeah,
1: never need it again.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, awesome, Dylan. What is your favorite carbohydrate to eat?
1: Favorite carbohydrate to eat is always rice, any kind of rice, jasmine rice actually specifically.
0: Do you do anything special to your rice?
1: Um, what I like to do with my rice is sometimes like I like to take a little bit of lime and some cilantro. This, but like I like to do uh, some some Mexican dishes and stuff like that, like low fat Mexican dishes. And so you know, so I got a rice,
0: rice hack for you. If you put like five to six grams of coconut oil when in your rice when you cook it, so like if you distribute it and like there's probably like five or six servings, you could just add one miscellaneous fat gram to your setting depending on how much of the pot you actually just ate, uh, and you could guesstimate that. Um, but if you add five or six grams of coconut oil. When you cook your rice, the texture is unreal. Really? Like it okay. is unreal. I do like, like some coconut rice. That, it's- that's my biggest recommendation. All right. Favorite um, fitness movement or exercise? Snatch. Snatch.
1: Always. 100%. Yeah. I don't know why. It's it's so dynamic and fine tuning it is like one of my favorite things to do. What do you hate? What do I hate? Uh, the jerk.
0: I hate squatting. Really? Yeah, because it it like it takes so much of your CNS to do. It does. Like if you, I could go deadlift any day, and maybe I can't deadlift the most, but like it doesn't take much effort to deadlift, from a mental aspect. To squat, like oh my god.
1: So I I feel like, it's true. It does take a lot of your CNS. But this, when you deadlift, deadlifting takes a lot too. And I have a new perspective on deadlifts after 22.2. Oh
0: yeah, well that destroyed oh, everybody. Oh god. So I was just um, yeah, this. like if you're if you're programming workouts at home, you don't want to program deadlifts and burpees together, <laughs> yeah. um, especially in high volume. It will destroy every single person's back. So. As,
1: as it as it did this past weekend. Yeah.
0: All right. Any parting words, Dylan?
1: Parting words. Um, definitely learn about nutrition. It will change your life. If you can get with stacked, get with stacked. If you can find
0: someone else, find, yeah, it doesn't find matter. yourself a coach. Find
1: a coach. Find somebody who's going to help change your mindset, change uh, the way that you use food, and that way, like you can actually enjoy food. You can enjoy life again without having to worry, like without having to worry about what you eat, without having to be restrictive. And you can—it's just—it's such a game changer. Like my life is so much better just I because love it.
0: I understand it. And go create some habits. Yes. All right, y'all. Thanks. Have a good day.